Father God, we give you thanks for this special day that you have made um, for this day of rest and um, time to worship you and hear your word and be refreshed by your word and spirit. So Lord, we pray that you would, as you teach us from your word, we pray that you would be glorified, um, that you would continue to conform us all to the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ, that we would grow in increasing knowledge and joy in worship of, of you, our triune God. So we pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are now um, in session number three of our catechism class on the doctrine of God. And this morning we're going to look at uh, the knowledge of God. So it's essentially, we're asking the question, well, how is it possible for us to know God? Okay, do we discover God on our own terms, through our own senses, through our own will, or our own actions? Or does God have to come and reveal himself to us? And if he does have to reveal himself to us, well, how does he reveal himself to us? So in order to try and answer this, I want to look at three views of God, of, 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 of the knowledge of God, to help us get more of a grasp of this. And this first um, view is called overcoming estrangement. And if you remember last week and the week before, we looked at um, another view, false view of God, uh, pantheism and panentheism. Anybody remember what pantheism and panentheism are all about? Yeah, God withinism. Okay, just think of Oprah. Okay, everything is God. Um, we all connected with the great spirit world, um, avatar. Okay, it's all, all, all of the above. And so this view is a so overcoming estrangement is associated with this pantheism and panentheism, because what this view of knowledge of God does, it erases the distinction between God and creation. Just sees God and creation as essentially one substance. And so the view of God is that, well, he's exactly like us. Hey, he's actually within us. He's a part of the universe. He's a part of nature. He's in you. He's in me. And so if he is just like us, well, then what, the, what is the implication of that? Well, it means there's no more mystery. In theological terms, language, we tell you well, he's entirely imminent. Okay, he's right here. He's all around us. He's within us. And so, in order to get to know this God, well, what do you do? Do you look up to the Creator no, well, there's no creator-creature distinction in this view. Instead, you look within. Okay? And so the, the, um, the conclusion of, of, of this view of knowledge of God is that if you want to um, 
know God, well, you look within yourself because to know ourselves is to know the divine. And that's why you may have seen this saying, um, know thyself. Okay, that is a Gnostic saying. Okay, uh, Gnosticism is, all, is concerned about the secret knowledge that you, you, you attain salvation through looking within to understanding, realize, coming to the, getting the enlightenment that, um, of the secret that actually you are God as well. And so this is pretty much, you know, a common view these days in our culture of how one gets to know God. If you want to know God, well, look within, search yourself, um, find the divine spark within you, and there you find enlightenment and peace, and, um, and you attain a salvation. So any questions, discussion about this view of how one knows God? Right. Well, I think ultimately it's rooted in our sinful nature. That that was the, in a sense, that was the kind of a part of the original lie in, in the garden. Um, Satan tempted Adam and Eve. The nature of the temptation was, uh, well, if you do this, you know, you will become like the gods, or you'll become like God. And it's that sinful drive to become the divine, to usurp the creator, that lies at the root of our sinful nature. That's why we all have this tendency towards idolatry. Um, so it's, yeah, that's why it, it's, it, it, it's common to you know, religions like Hinduism, Buddhism, the New Age is all focused on um, looking within oneself um, and finding this, finding the God within. Any other questions? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move to the second view of the knowledge of God, and that's the view that we call the stranger we never meet. Now, if, also, if you remember from last week, one of the alternative views of God we looked at was um, this idea of atheism and deism. Okay, atheism, there's no God, deism, or well, there, there may be a God, but he's somewhere up there, but he's not too interested in, in any of our, our lives. He's, in theological language, he's entirely transcendent. Okay, he's so different to us that he's, he's not concerned at all about us. And so this view would say, well, there's actually no knowledge of God for us to, to attain. So there's, we can't know God, actually. And so that's why in Islam and contemporary Judaism, the, the concept of, they don't talk about, 
You'll never hear a Jew or a Muslim talk about their relationship with the Lord. It's a foreign concept. I mean, I've got a Jewish friend and I've tried to speak in these terms and you just get blank faced. They don't understand. They have no frame of reference for that. And, and the Muslim as well, because their view of God is, is so entirely other you know, that they, they don't see us relating to God in a, in a, in a, in a personal way at all. It's more of an idea of a, a philosophy than than actually um, knowing God personally. So, any questions on this one? Yeah, because it would for, for them it's making God too much like us. Yeah, and, and now you see it's these. You see, so you've we've seen these two. Okay, the one hand that God is so much, He's so near, He's so like us, and the other one that God is so distant, we can't even know Him. Okay, the one is focusing on God's imminence, the other one on God's transcendence. But now, what is the, what? How does the Bible speak in terms of? Um, how we can know him is obviously neither of those positions are biblical okay hopefully we we get that so how then does the bible speak in these terms okay well the bible speaks about meeting a stranger and so this is what we call well it's the th- biblical christianity is is, is theistic okay and that um, we affirm that there is an infinite difference between us and God. He is totally other than us. Okay, He is God. We are not God. We don't have God within us. <laughs> yeah, we have the Spirit in us, but just because you eat a chocolate cake doesn't make you a chocolate cake. <laughs> okay? <laughs> He's totally other than us. So there's a qualitative difference between us and God. We cannot become God in any stretch of the imagination. We are finite. We are creation. But there is a likeness that all of us have to God. And that's what we mean when we, the Bible speaks about that we are created in his image. And in his likeness. So in a lot of ways, we, we do bear some resemblance to God. Because we are created in his image. And we, but we can only come to know God. Okay, not by our own searchings and our own you know, looking within or whatever it is. But we can only come to know God if he chooses to reveal himself to us. Yeah, so we, we can't find God on our own. Yeah, that's impossible for sinful people to do. We don't have that capacity because we turned inward. We, not naturally, we don't naturally have inclinations to seek God in our sinful nature. God has to come down and do some work in us 
by His Spirit in order, in order to change our hearts that we, we do seek Him. But He's got to do that work first. We don't do, He makes the move first. We don't make the move on God before He makes the move on us. So we can come to know God if He reveals Himself to us. We can't find Him on our own. But he is what we call a stranger, okay, a stranger in that he's entirely other than us. He's the creator, we creation. He's a stranger that we meet. So we do get to meet the entirely transcendent God, as we'll see now, who's also imminent. Okay, so God enters into relationship with us. How does he do it? Through what means? Is it an unmediated relationship? How does he meet with us? Okay, yes, through Christ. And how, what is the structure of that relationship through Jesus that he has set in place in the Bible? Sure, he's certainly covenants. Okay, which we'll look at in a moment. Okay, he... Our relationship with God is essentially covenantal. That's why Jesus comes to establish the new covenant. So these things are inseparable with with Christ. So the the biblical understanding of God is that on the one hand, he is distinct. He is entirely different from his creation. He's transcendent. He's high and lifted up. But he has come down to us in Jesus Christ. He is, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is drawn close to us. He dwells with us by his spirit. And so therefore he's both transcendent and he's also imminent. But he's certainly not of the same substance as the creation. We must always, biblical understanding of God is that he's the creator who's separate from his creation. The creation and the creator are not of the same substance by any means. God condescends down to his creation through Christ in order to, to meet with us. So, any questions so far? So you're saying, why couldn't God forgive sins in, in heaven? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, the Heidelberg Catechism has the answer for, for this. Well, it's drawn from Scripture ultimately. And um, I think it's question answers 16 and 17. I may be wrong. Um, but it basically says that um, 
Atonement, God had to make atonement for sins um, through Jesus, who is both God and man. And it's absolutely necessary that Jesus was both fully God, on the one hand, and fully man in order for sins to be effectively dealt with. So Jesus had to be entirely God. Well, he he had to be entirely man because it was man... Okay, it was Adam who broke the covenant of works okay, in, in the garden. It was man who sinned. And so therefore, uh, a, a second man, okay, a second Adam, had to come and fulfill um, that covenant that God had established in order to succeed where the first man failed. So uh, man's obedience was required. God, uh, he had to come and live a life here on earth. He had to obey the law he had to live among us just as adam was in 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 the garden okay but the same time he had to be god as well because only god can perfectly take upon himself the um, judgment for sins only god could have taken upon himself the weight of of the wrath that was due because of sins only god could have perfectly kept the law and so that's why you need both jesus had to come both god and man in time and space to obey where the first adam had had failed is that okay (laughs) okay Morgen, Varuska. Gaan dit? Lekker. Dankie. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here. So, um, so do you want to... Oh, okay. So we can make a twofold... We can affirm two things here, and that is God is inherently incomprehensible to us. Because He's God. Okay, He's knowable without comprehending him so what it's saying is that we can't know god as god knows himself okay he's the creator we the creation the the finite that's us cannot comprehend the infinite and that's why um reformer martin luther coined the term at least these two terms first he the theology of glory, which is essentially our attempt to get to know God on our terms, that we have to climb up this ladder of, of doing spiritual practices and good works and, and techniques in order to attain knowledge of the divine. And according to Luther, that, that's illegitimate. As humans, we... We are not to do that. Okay, we have, we are, God has not commanded us to, to seek him on our own terms. Okay, so that's essentially what we see happen in the Tower of Babel. That's what sinful human, humanity try to do. And instead, Luther says, no, theology of glory is an illegitimate way for us to, to find, get right with God. Instead, the Bible teaches is a theology of the cross and that is knowing god 
Not on our terms, but knowing God as he has revealed himself to us in Christ and through his word. So it's, it's a, it brings a humility to all this. It was not up to us and our spiritualness to, to reach up to the heavenlies. Instead, we humbly receive what God's revelation of himself. It is God who just condescends down to us. In Christ, reveals himself through his word, meets us in our muck and mire and, and our sin. He comes down to us in his grace and he comes down and he speaks baby talk to us. Okay, so we don't know God as he knows himself. Okay, it's impossible. We know a little... All that's necessary for us to understand about God, he's given to us here, which is really, it's baby talk. <laughs> it's enough for us to be satisfied who God is, the knowledge of our salvation in Christ. As Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the, um, the secret things belong to the Lord. But those things that he's chosen to reveal to us, he's revealed to us in his law that we may know them. So he comes down to us to talk to us. We don't discover him. So just to, to bring this to a close. So how do we know God? Well, we're only able to know God through his covenants with us and his revelation to us. So in the Old Testament, after Adam and Eve uh, fall, after Adam breaks the, the covenant that God made with him God establishes another covenant covenant of grace Genesis 3 uh, 15 where he gives a promise that one day descendant of Eve seed of the woman is going to come and crush the head of the serpent the serpent that brought in the, the, the sin and the curse into the world that has separated humanity from God God is going to deal with the curse he's going to restore mankind um, to him, sinful people back to himself. And so he establishes this one covenant of grace. And if we look at the, um, the rest of how the Bible unfolds, is one covenant of grace with many administrations. He administers it through to, to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, to David, all pointing to that one day the serpent crusher is going to come and he's going to fix the mess. And eventually the fulfillment of that Covenant promise comes through Jesus, through the new covenant, um, who succeeded where Adam failed, who obeyed the law through his obedience, his perfect righteousness, through dying on the cross for the sins of his people. And that's how God restores us to him. That's how we can know God through, through um, Christ and through the covenant that he has made with us. So we're also able to know God through his revelation to us. And we have touched on this in, in, in previous weeks. Okay, we looked at general revelation or natural revelation. So that's, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. We look outside, we can see the beauty of the mountains and of the ocean and of the bush felt. And we say, ah, only a creator could have been behind that. But you must understand that's only general revelation, only general information, the information regarding our salvation comes only to us through, 
through God's word, through the person of, of Jesus Christ. And that's why Hebrews 1 verse 1 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So what we see is that God's revelation of himself prior to the prophets, well, prior um, it came through the prophets in, in the Old Testament, but now, the fullness of time, Jesus has come, the, the culmination of his revelation to mankind comes to fulfillment, comes to the end point in Jesus. And if we want to know what about God, we'll look at Jesus. Any questions? All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you that you have not left us to fumble about on our own, in our muck and mire and in our sin, but in grace, you've come down to us through your son, Jesus Christ, and you found us in the midst of our sin and rebellion, and you chose us and you washed us clean and you forgave our sins and you called us your own people, that we may know you. And that, you, and that we may love you and call you our own Abba Father. So, Lord, thank you for this gift of grace that you've given to us through your Son, through the promise of the forgiveness of our sins, and the promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Pray that you would prepare our hearts now as we go into the worship service. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.